Hello and welcome to SEO SAS. Your hosts are the lovely Sarah McDowell, SEO specialist at LightMind Media, and myself, Hannah Bryce, SEO manager at Gymshark. We are called SEO SAS because we like to think of ourselves as a special answering service for SEO issues, questions, debates, all of that good stuff. Every week we'll bring you a podcast with a really interesting topic to talk about, to talk through, or to interview somebody amazing. This show is brought to you by the team at LightMind Media. Like my media, help clients find their audience and start having conversations with them, whether that's on social media, content, or even podcasts, just like this one. We're actually using their podcasting equipment right now. They're super lovely people who take time to understand your business and think like you. Thanks, Hannah. Hello, Hannah. Hello, how are you doing? Very, very well. Very, very well. How about yourself? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, you seem you seem really awake. Have you had lots of coffee? Well, I've been awake for now an hour and a half okay. and had some coffee. So, I mean, you know me. Coffee's <laughs> like in my veins. Of course I've had coffee. How about yourself? Well, as you know, I absolutely adore coffee and real proper coffee. Strong, yeah. black, you know, good coffee. The proper stuff. Yeah, exactly. But I've just, it's fallen out with me. So I did a, what's it called? A test where you've got your, what's it, what are they called? Intolerances. There we right. go. I can never remember that word. I obviously don't use it very often. It's a hard word. It Hannah. is, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so I did one of those and it said to stay away from coffee. So I gave it up for a month and just thought, okay, we'll see how we get on. And I had two the other day at work and I am not joking, I was jittering. Oh my days. I know. So I, I thought, better not have one today because I've got to talk a lot. And you don't want to be like... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Are you missing it? Yeah. Oh, bless you. I know. You can't even have, like, decaf. What's the point? Um, Yeah, I mean, that's cheating really, isn't it? Yeah, it it is. So we've got some exciting news because this week we have a wonderful guest, haven't we? Yes, we're really excited about this interview. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this week we have the lovely Carrie Rose, who is co-founder and creative director at Rise at Seven and we yeah so we went to Brighton SEO and saw her talk and she was just amazing so we had to get her yeah we're on fa- fangirling a bit aren't we so hello Carrie hello hey. thank you thank you for inviting me <laughs> you are very very welcome very very welcome indeed how are you doing have you had coffee yet are you a coffee drinker so I don't drink any hot drinks like tea coffee or anything so people <laughs> always say how are you so like crazy with loads of energy <laughs> I'm like I, I do eat a lot of sweets so maybe it's that <laughs> I mean I don't really understand people who don't have hot drinks I have to put that one out there like how, how? Like, just don't you just don't have them you've never had them yeah yeah, like I think when I was a kid, I used to like steal biscuits and dip them into my mum's tea. But that that's as far as it went. Like <laughs> I just, I, I just can't drink hot drinks. I don't get it. I just, I need, like I always see having a drink as like something that's refreshing. Yeah. And I think drinking something hot, it's just, I don't get it. I just don't get the concept. No, so no, not, e- not even a peppermint tea? No, not even a hot chocolate. People ask me about that one. I'm like, not even a hot chocolate. Wow. I'd rather eat chocolate than drink chocolate. So I'm with you on that one. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so we've got you on today just to talk about a couple of, well, lots of different bits and bobs, really. Because like we said, we're very impressed with your talk on uh, during Brighton SEO. Um, your energy was amazing. So, yes, well done. And also that. just uh, all the stuff you put on LinkedIn as well, because I like uh, I think when I first connected with you, somebody at my um, old job had recommended I do that. And they weren't even in SEO, but they were like, I think you'd be really interested in seeing what this this girl has to say. And yeah, so I was. <laughs> And I am. I'm oh, still checking out all the time. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, the, 
the feedback has been amazing since Brighton. I, I saw that a couple of um, people over in America who were quite big at our industry share my slides. Wow. And there was all like kind of like fire emojis. And I was like, oh my God. And um, when I looked into kind of like the amount of traffic that visited my um, blog post about my talk, we had thousands of people. So wow. um, yeah, the feedback has been insane. I was like, I knew it went well, but not <laughs> that well. <laughs> it's well deserved, Carrie. Well deserved. Oh. So I'm going to kick this interview off then and start with the first first question and which is how did you get into the wonderful world of digital marketing yeah so I actually studied digital marketing at university which is quite rare because it was specifically digital media and SEO at the time I remember being at college and I was obsessed with social media I was obsessed with anything online really I I don't know what it was I think I was just that part of that era that saw it boom really and I looked into courses around it and there was two in the UK one at Leeds University which was rated the best one so I went there and I'm not from Leeds Um, I'm actually from Lincolnshire so I kind of like moved and went and like moved cities etc and yeah I studied new media and communications at university and the course that I took actually did kind of like a mix of modules from SEO to content writing, even PR, and then old school kind of advertising and even like internet theory, as well as did like a bit of coding. So I did coding and animation. I know it was quite a wide course so like different topics and stuff but during that um, a couple of agencies came into the um, uni to do a bit of a talk about the a- agency life and the digital industry etc and I, it just caught my attention straight away luckily I landed my first job before I even graduated um, at, at an agency oh, amazing that yes real digital native <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah I, I just love digital I'm obsessed like when people say oh you know the internet's bad and social media I'm like I yeah. love the internet I love social media yeah, I mean I think that could be a debate in itself like with yeah. like with the internet and social media like everyone sort of looks at the bad stuff but there is good stuff with it but yeah. so what are the aspects of digital marketing and SEO in particular that you enjoy most? I think with especially digital marketing and SEO um, the ability to be creative so like I guess there are so many ways to tell stories nowadays. There's so many ways. So when it comes to kind of like content, it's not just written content anymore. People tell stories through GIFs, through YouTube videos and Pinterest. There's so many different ways to tell stories, drive traffic and engage an audience. And you can just see brands being a lot more funny or creative or kind of, I don't know, exciting when it comes to, to doing that. And I think that's my favorite thing is helping businesses and brands come up with new ideas to engage an audience whether even that's their current audience or engaging a new audience so yeah it's definitely like the creative ideation side and then seeing it work I think that that's the best thing about digital like there's so much you can do in traditional marketing that's fun but it's hard to track whereas digital we can literally track everything that we do so it's kind of like that proving aspect to it so proving that something that we did worked um, and it worked well. That's awesome. I absolutely love that because I, I completely agree. It's really nice to get the creative side, but get results from that, which mm-hmm. is you don't get from any other industries, do you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like real it's strong, exciting. measurable ones. Yeah, exactly. And, and Sarah said, we, we absolutely loved uh, your talk at Brighton SEO and the headline. Um, so for anybody who hasn't heard it already, it was how to get sexy AF PR to land sexy AF links, no matter your budget <laughs> or brand. So, I mean, that was an awesome headline. It obviously is just as enticing to others as it was to us because the auditorium was absolutely packed out and that was the biggest room in there. Pretty well, second biggest room in yes. there. Um, so how did you decide on the actual headline? <laughs> yeah, sure. It was a bit crazy because 
was. So I obviously applied to speak. So when you apply, when you um, want to speak at Brighton, you do have to do an application. And I thought there are so many people in the link building industry that will be applying here. And most talks that I go to usually kind of show how to come up with ideas in industries or top 10 tips or, yeah. um, you know, or theory led stuff. And I thought to stand out, I need to be a bit bold and <laughs> I need to kind of go with a transparent and honest approach. So the way that I kind of said um, how to create a sexy AF, you know, outreach email, I literally kind of wanted to show how I do it, how I um, communicate with journalists, because that's the biggest question that everyone asks. I, I always do talks um, about like my, how to come up with cool ideas and drive traffic and build links, etc. But then people say, OK, so if I've got this concept, if I've got an idea, how do I then send it to someone like, the Daily Mail. How can I get them interested? They don't understand that part of it. So I thought, oh, okay, I can literally be transparent and screenshot how I do it. And when I pitched that to Kelvin, the guy who runs Brighton SEO, um, straight away I got accepted. He, he likes that transparent and open approach, which a lot of people don't do. The whole transparency and stuff, that was, that's one of the reasons why I really liked your talk, because there's so so many talks that I go to where they don't really sort of say like how they say like the theories yeah. and like best practices and what to do but your talk was really good because like from it people could walk away with like an action point yeah. of like this is what I'm doing this is how I'm going to do it so yeah and yeah and we've spoken to Calvin and he's very much of the transparent side of things and he wants to share SEO knowledge doesn't he well we actually asked him didn't we we did a bit of an interview after Brighton SEO last year and said what is your top tip for people who actually come here and he said literally make sure you do things that you, you you're told to do take these tips and actually apply them and that's exactly what people got from your talk I think Carrie and I went to a couple of other link building talks that day as well and I'll be honest your talk was like emphatically different to be honest did you know that would be the case did you think it'd be really different to the other ones and how did you try and make it different yeah so I kind of just from my own experience so obviously I've gone to a couple of conferences in the past at Brighton Air about three times Brighton SEO sorry about three times and I, I kind of saw the same trend and um, so I knew that my transparent approach would get people interested but in terms of the overall topic it's quite difficult because I, th I didn't know if people would be that interested in kind of like how we write an email. I don't know if that was too simple. People like simple. People like kind of like, show me how you do that yeah. one mm. thing. And I obviously picked out different aspects of an email, whether that's your subject title, how to kind of like not get your email bounced back and how to not get it into like a journalist junk box. And, and the fact that I obviously said how to create an outreach email that lands sexy links. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, your top tier links, the links that people only dream of getting. And this is something that anybody can do. And I wanted to kind of like show and inspire people that no matter your brand or your budget literally anyone can do anything mm. you can, I, I could get somebody who's like a small time I don't know health and safety client in you know Manchester look like a, an expert to the nationals like you can do whatever you want with digital and it's just being creative and strategic with with your pitch as well and um, so I think that it made me stand out um definitely um and it did well but I don't mind being transparent somebody actually 
messaged me after the talk. I think I put it on my Twitter. They messaged me on LinkedIn and they said, oh, like I saw your, I saw your blog post and your presentation. Don't you think it was a bit stupid to kind of be so honest? You've, you've even put screenshots of how you do what you do. You've just started an agency. That's a bad idea. And I was like, well, I actually don't think it is. Wow. Um, yeah, I what? thought um, people see me as like, oh, she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. Um, so if even if I can help somebody in their career and, and better themselves when it comes to link building strategy, then that, that's amazing. But in terms of people actually going away and copying my strategy and things like that, that doesn't happen. People get inspiration from it yeah. instead. Yeah. And they try it out. And kind of obviously what agencies think about is, they try it out and it doesn't succeed. So they think, oh, who can help us with this? Me. You're still the expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. think because there's a lot, because when I have in conversations with businesses and stuff, people are scared to like share stuff or share their like secrets as it were. But at the end of the day, like you someone could know how to do it but then there's still the execution yeah. there's still the time and the, and the effort ideas, the and creativity the ide- people exactly. don't have that yeah. so being ballsy <laughs> is mm-hmm. is good and yeah we need to learn from each other and like you said being that honest when they find out that they can't do it they are they're going to come back to you aren't they so so yeah so then how hard is it to build links that get volume in your opinion because you do make it look easy yes I know. <laughs> it's easy to make it look easy but um yeah i'm not gonna lie um volume of links so um obviously it depends what people class as volume but you know we're talking about a campaign that maybe goes viral or you know gets it like 50 plus links very hard it's it's just as as hard as putting a piece of content out there to try to go viral on social media and the best way to kind of approach that or at least that I tell my team, is to make or create a story that a lot of people would be interested in, whether that's international or a wide audience. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people do think quite niche. So say if you are a fitness brand, they think about, content that only fitness people would be interested in when actually you need to think about okay what would my mum be interested in sharing what is the sort of content that Mm. uh, my friends in the pub would talk about and if you can create a story that does that whilst also linking it back to your industry so fashion um, or fitness etc then that's when you're going to create a story or a piece of campaign that gets volume of links it's it's that international and wide audience approach that you need to consider when it comes to coming up with ideas really You've really nicely linked me on to my next question then because <laughs> so thank you thank you for the setup. So do you, would you say then relevancy when it comes to links isn't that important and it's more so the so rather than thinking of relevancy you need to think what's what's going to resonate with people what's going to get people excited what's going to make people want to link to this. Yes, exactly. So I actually um, did a talk a couple of months ago and I did a slide on this. And why I actually said this, a lot of people get relevancy wrong. So um, say if you are a brand in gambling, a lot of people then think, oh, we need to be on gambling times because Google's going to recognize that this is a gambling site and therefore kind of like passes value to a gambling brand. Whereas that's not the case. So when you think about where the audience is, so people who, you know, do odds and betting on the football where are they they're more than likely on sport bible all the sun um (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly Um, so we need to be thinking about more less about kind of the niche and more about um where your audience are and how they're going to engage not only that so i have a bit of a theory i've i've been trying to test it and i'm going to do a study hopefully soon but i have a bit of a theory that sooner or later google will rank links not sorry links 
Google will pass more value through links that actually get clicked on. So okay. for, an, for an example, I've built links on like Forbes before and obviously clients get really excited about a link on Forbes. They think, oh my God, that's amazing. That looks good. Yeah, exactly. But when you're looking to kind of like how many people click on that link, we um, once um, had a look on GA and found that three people clicked on this link through Forbes, whereas a link on Manchester Evening News drove like 800 people. Um. So it was just crazy just to see the comparison. So um, it didn't necessarily matter about the industry or the type of um, journalist that covered it. It was more about is the story going to resonate with that audience, engage them and then drive traffic. And if it drives traffic, what does the audience then do? Do they bounce quickly or do they stay and engage with the brand even further? And I think that's the kind of content that we're forced to create now. In, so it's making sure that we're getting links that actually get clicked on because it's interesting. People want to see it. And then it builds the brand. So yeah. It's win-win um, that is, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure how how true this theory is. This is literally my theory. But I have seen kind of this approach of creating content that naturally gets links and gets people to click on those links is having a bigger impact on my clients or organic, really. Um, So I'm going to do a bit of a study um, in the future and just see. But yeah, relevancy is one of those where people Mm. need to think, not think too niche and, and actually think about where the audience are and where can we get engagement. Absolutely love that. That's it. I can't wait to see that. Yes, we'll we'll keep our eyes peeled and make sure that we share that um, as well because that would be really good for our audience, I think. Yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, one of your opening points, Carrie, at the Brighton SEO was an insight into the world of journalism today. So you've already touched on people are always asking you what do journalists want and that kind of thing. What and do th- they want? <laughs> I think you've probably opened a few eyes by sharing how it's changed from, say, having a list of contacts, you wine and dine and all that kind of stuff. And you had a really long, super helpful, long list or oh sorry of tips um on how to contact them now and ha- what actually gets cuts through the noise so could you say perhaps what the top three things to do when reaching out to a journalist these days are yeah sure um so I mentioned in my talk that journalists have a very short period now to write a story um even sometimes an hour so a journalist at one of the big nationals said to me like she writes like six to eight articles a day meaning she has about an hour to create a story um and because of that she needs everything on a plate so the number one top tip is put it on a plate for them so try sum up the email or the press release that you write so much that she doesn't need to go away and get more data or get a case study or get a comment she literally has the story in front of her including so say if there's a lot of data behind the campaign make sure you have a drop box with the data in so she can easily look it and download or images or video so that's the best thing is try to kind of do the job for them and but they never people often say oh does that mean they'll just copy and paste what you've wrote and then we'll get a lot of like duplicated content never happens they always make it their own so the sun has a certain way of writing the express the telegraph do so they will always adapt the story but at least they can see what the story is with the headline and what the captions are going to be etc so that's the number one tip the second one is the subject title so Firstly, we need to get them to open it and trying to get journalists to open your email is an absolute nightmare. Um, yeah, they receive like 600 emails a day, which is insane. No so one's got my- time for that. <laughs> I know, exactly. I thought my inbox is bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I have like 200 unread this morning, no joke. Um, so yeah, I'm getting around to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, journalists have like 600 emails a day, which is crazy. So we've got to make sure that we get ours open. You've got to think there's so many PRs out there doing the exact same thing as you. So the best thing is your subject subject line. I usually quite go with like a bold approach, whether that's usually taking their the way that they write their headlines. So 
the sun as an example they always have like two words at the beginning of every headline so it'll be like botched boob job or i don't know dirty money something like that and then they will kind of like sum up the story so I copied the way that they write in terms of my subject line just Mm. to capture their attention and using words like revealed or um, shocking study and things like that is very kind of like I don't know people roll their eyes at that sort of stuff but we need to capture their attention just as much as they need to capture your attention as a user um, and a reader so um, yeah subject titles is the second thing and the third thing is making it visual so journalists will open an email and they'll just look at a load of content and think oh god like they have to sit there and read that whereas if they can see an image that straight away kind of tells them oh someone might be interested in this. so if they open an email and it's got a picture of harry potter as an example straight away they know oh this might be of interest to me because our audience love harry potter so it's making sure that you be selective with your images in your email even if it's not kind of going to be used in the article just to tell the story and capture their attention cool. um so yeah that's my three best tips thank you awesome so basically just make it really really easy so they can literally just put their name on it I suppose I mean obviously they've got to do little tweaks like like you say but just make it easy for those poor hard-working journalists out there <laughs> exactly <laughs> so touching on resources for digital PR and link building you made it look really easy to create the resources needed yourself so videos should just stock um so how do you think someone who has never created a video should approach it to be completely honest I did a bit of video editing in uni and stuff but I'm no pro and I literally use YouTube and just to kind of like teach myself and um there's so many different like free apps out there um including like iMovie for people that are on um on Macs but then there's obviously like even apps um on your phone that you can like edit videos on so in terms of approaching it it's just playing around with different tools there's many resources out there if you have a quick google of different tools that you can create kind of video or graphics so we actually sometimes use Canva. So Canva Love is- Canva. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so Canva is so simple just to create simple graphics. So oh my even gosh. if you just want to show, you know, a percentage increase in, I don't know, the amount of takeaways that you've eaten this week, that's really <laughs> random. But <laughs> if you want to show that, you can just create a quick graphic on, yeah. on Canva just to tell the story. And Canva, I believe, is ve- like either free or very cheap. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like a public it is free. Or something. So- yeah. So you can have the pro version and with the pro version, you get like added benefits of, I don't know, like downloading something without a watermark or I don't know. But yeah, but most of it is free. And have you seen it? They've got like an animated section now as well. Yes, I have. Yeah. It's not something I've played with, but I, I definitely need to. It's Sarah's favourite tool in the world. She it says it about it every podcast. It's just it's just because I'm not that graphic. <laughs> like, So Canva makes me look like a bit of a pro. So that's that's why I love it so I'm glad that you said it because I'm like yeah (laughs) I'm not going to lie like I once did a graphic on PowerPoint I actually did I just like dragged some (laughs) images into like a little graphic and I got like 68 links from it wow (laughs) flipping out I know it was crazy but you've just got to think like people I always say as well to designers so obviously we have designers at our agency and working with us on creative like designs and graphics etc now but I always say to them try not to look too professional don't use the colors, the brand colors, etc. People, journalists actually like a bit of kind of like handwritten or, um, you know, like put together yourself. Like, yeah, authentic. You know, 
authentic even like um iphone videos and iphone pictures they like that stuff now wow. it's more shareable whereas if we've got some branded um content with the logo on and it looks really serious it sometimes gets passed off as advertorial and uh, not advertorial yeah advertorial is that advertorial? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, advertorial. And um, yeah, so it often gets kind of like dismissed. I always say to our designers, like, try and make it look um, kind of, yeah, more authentic rather than less professional because that helps get a pickup. Awesome. Such good tips. <laughs> tip after tip after tip. So um, I should say, actually, so you, also, you have got your slides on your blog um, from mm-hmm. Brighton SEO, and they also include some really cool tips about, about writing subject lines at work, um, what to include in emails, including what not to include, like attachments and things like that. So anyone who's listening and trying to remember, because there are a lot of tips in this episode, so please, please do download Carrie's slides. They're really funny too. So you can find them by Googling Carrie Rose Brighton SEO slides and click on the Rise at 7 blog and you shall see them there. Yes, tried and tested. <laughs> and I've we- also seen that Kelvin has shared the, um, the recording. So they recorded my audio, which is really embarrassing because I hate the sound of my voice. <laughs> you have a lovely voice. I know. Well, I'm on a podcast right now, so that's a bit awkward. <laughs> but I listened back to it and it's not too bad. I, I listened to it in the car yesterday. But yeah, I believe um, Kelvin shared the post- podcast around and I actually retweeted it. Oh, um, cool. So if you kind of want to see the slides, but then hear me talk, I think you can play them alongside each other. So that's helpful as well. That's amazing. Okay, we definitely need to do that. <laughs> can we quickly talk, touch on measurement before we stop grilling you? Yes, sure. That, that measurement is like the hard question. I like this one though. <laughs> it's juicy. Um, so in your slides, I remember seeing a, a dream search metrics organic visibility graph where it just trended up and up and up. So what are the top three things you need to do in link building to get a graph to do this? Sure. So um, I always say um, there's three kind of things that we need to tick off when um, creating especially content that gets links to create graphs like that. Um, the first one is making sure that you have something on site which acts as a resource. So um, a lot of people kind of run campaigns which are a one-off campaign. You know, it creates a lot of buzz and then it dies off. And the idea for Google is that they want to see consistency. So if we can create something on our client's website that, yes, gets that boost in links because we've launched it and people are interested, it creates a conversation. But in two months' time, if a similar story comes back up, journalists can link to that content again because it's, it's relevant again. Um, and it's something that if we can spot an area or spot, spot an opportunity that nobody's really nailed yet in terms of creating content or data or a story that journalists refer to, and that's the best way to kind of get links ongoing. And secondly, in terms of getting those links um, and make a choice, it's kind of having not only the one campaign. So people always say, do you kind of just work on project basis? But I usually have larger campaigns and smaller campaigns, whether that's positioning you guys, um, well, I say you guys, um, clients as an expert through different means, whether that's thought leadership articles. So um, that means taking experts as part of the brand and pushing them out and building that brand. And Google will rank that. So Google will see that there is authority behind the people. There's authority behind the website and the content. And naturally, you'll see that see that happening, see that growth if it's consistent. So consistency is the key. And it's driving traffic. So um, like I say, something that I'm um, studying at the minute or looking into is whether our content and our links actually drive traffic. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing that I'm finding is if we can create um, links and 
create content on our client's website that people actually click on. So if they see a link on the Daily Mail and they say, oh, you know, study found and it links to the study. If people are clicking on that because they want to see more, then Google's going to recognize that. Google's going to recognize the Daily Mail not only is passing authority because they're passing that link, but users are finding it useful. Yeah. Um, and it's all about that useful content at the end of the day um, that acts as a long term resource, really. Awesome. And what other metrics would you use to show a client that a link building campaign has actually been successful? Yeah, so we actually get asked quite a lot of different things when tracking or at least measuring the quality of, say, links or a successful campaign. The biggest thing that we track is um, number of links. So we do put KPIs on our campaigns. And what I usually do is, say, if I'm working with a client across a year, I actually give a yearly target. And there's a good reason for that. I usually um, state, so X amount of links across 12 months, because we might run a campaign in January, as an example, Mm -hmm. and it might get, say, I don't know, 10 links or something. But then I might run a campaign in February that gets like 70 odd links right and the idea that it is a long-term game and that content that we create is if I created something in January that I could reuse in November so if I limit myself and put a KPI um, of um, x amount of links to a campaign in January and then I can I don't really go back to that. It just limits myself. So I always try to put a link KPI um, for a year and then just say, I will create the content that's needed to get those links across a year. Awesome. Um, the second thing is traffic. So we often um, put a traffic metric, whether that's organic or people that's actually clicked on a link. And we often get asked about DA. So this is something Mm. that we try not to talk about or at least put a metric behind it. The reason for that, there's so many agencies or tools that people use to kind of prove the value of a link. So they might say, you know, if we get a link on, I don't know, Daily Star, it passes 80 points. People understand, so what does 80 point mean? So they still, you still have find yourself explaining what DA is or what these point systems are. So at the end of the day, we have to just think about, you know, where's the audience? Is this a big publication? Yes. Is it something that um, your audience are reading? Yes. Um, and that's the sort of things that we sell into our client rather than kind of DA metrics or, or point systems, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So it's sort of like educating the client and educating what, what should be important and don't get hung up on things that really don't matter yeah exactly it and like I said so like I think Forbes has a DA of like I don't know what 90 or something like that maybe 85 something and uh, three people clicked on that link so although it was nice to get on Forbes how much impact did that link have yeah Um, you know so it's it's a difficult one and always gets debated if you if you type in um stuff on twitter for an example a lot of people don't use the your da as a metric anymore for looking at the value of links and there's so many different ways to actually prove the value and um, but it is it is a difficult thing to kind of prove but the, it, it's using common sense and just saying okay would well, do you think it's this is a good link that we've got you on cnn as an example and they mm. go yeah that's amazing or or whatever so yeah there's the best uh, metrics that we use Cool. Very good. Very, very good. So me and Hannah love a good SEO tool. Um, (laughs) Anything that helps make SEO a little bit easier. And it's less. one of the most fun bits about SEO as well, isn't it? The, <laughs> tools. the tools. You get to show people, oh yeah, I'll just have a look at this. And then you get the tool up and they're like, wow. Um, <laughs> so what? Uh, what's your favourite tool right now and why? Oh, overall in SEO, I'd say my favourite tool is Ahrefs. And I think that's just because I, I live in it. Like I have hate, if I could get the app, I don't know if I can, but if I could get the app on my phone, I would. <laughs> like they I need to it. make it just for you, I think. HFs, yeah. are you listening? Get an app. 
<laughs> so like any campaign that I see, the first thing I do is pop it into Ahrefs. How many links did it get? Where did the links come from? How are journalists talking about this piece of content? It just helps me understand how other PRs are working, how they're forming their stories, whereabouts is the content on the website that's getting the links, etc. And um, I pull a lot from that. So Ahrefs is my go-to tool. I use it for inspiration, finding contacts, finding websites. So say if go compare, do a campaign and they get um, you know, 40 odd links, I can look at where they got those links and think, okay, have I, has my client in the same industry got similar links like this before? And if they haven't, I can see where they have and directly correlate that nice. and make sure that they're on my list. It's, it's, it's amazing thing for inspiration, um, but also kind of like helping you steal tips in a way. Um, it's the best way to be inspired as well. Just making sure that you're on the ball and checking what your competitors are up to. And you can see it literally like um, on a calendar. So if I wanted to see what's happened in the last couple of weeks, I could, I could just click on the backlink profile and look in the last two weeks and it'll tell me, okay, this website got this link on the uh, daily express and this is how they did it so it's just been um on the ball and in the know of what's going on really i love ahs i could go on about it all day awesome absolutely <laughs> love that so i mean with we are we have taken up quite a lot of your time and you've given us so many good answers do you have Aww. anything that you would like to ask us i think for you guys you ask me what i love about digital marketing and i'd love to ask you what you guys love about <laughs> digital marketing um because obviously you guys um you work at um gymshark etc so i'd love to know kind of like your your view on that do you want to you go you go first <laughs> okay i mean for me my what do i love about digital marketing the most? <laughs> So, <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. <laughs> there's just there's a couple of ways I could go with this. So I'm probably going to go yeah. for all of them, to be honest with you. Um, so I think for me, a lot of it's about data and results. So almost similar to what you said about sort of having something creative that you can actually really measure. I think um, for me, something has to be really heavily targeted, really make sure that you're doing it for a purpose. And I always have this thing where I say, especially for e-commerce websites, if you've got something that you're writing and you're putting it on the site, make sure it's optimized. If it's not optimized, yeah. there's no point it being on there. It might as well be a catalog or some direct mail or something like that. If it's going on the website, it's got to be optimized, that kind of thing. So that's one thing for me that in terms of digital marketing, you can make sure that things are heavily optimized. You can you can really heavily target things to segments, people, industries, just direct targets, all that kind of stuff. But then you can measure it. So for me, I mean, I've my background is very much fixed in marketing in general. Um, and I started off in marketing. But alongside that, I've always done SEO has been my main thing because I found it to be where I got the most tangible results. And I'm very results orientated and data led generally so that's why I've, I've I specialize in that and it's why I love SEO in digital marketing more than email more than social media Um, it might not be as sexy as other well I think it is to be honest I think it's definitely the sexiest area of digital marketing but I think it's where you can get super amazing results as well as being creative and data-led at the same time so I need to follow that <laughs> <laughs> yes that, I mean Yes. Do you disagree? Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, I do agree. <laughs> I obviously, always agree with you, Hannah. Always agree. But no, I like digital marketing just because it's forever changing and it's forever challenging. Nice. And that's what I like. So I can get bored easily. So I'm quite a bit flaky. <laughs> 
so I'm always like in my sort of personal life I'm always trying new things or yeah do you have FOMO about everything as well yes I get FOMO very easily (laughs) um sort of thing so the thing with digital marketing is nothing is the same and nothing like just because something's working right now and it's across the board with digital marketing so not just SEO but your um, emails your social media your content like everything is changing and the because as humans we are so switched on to marketing and we try and hide ourselves away from marketing so you've got like ad blockers you've got stats with emails that like um, newsletters and things that look visually pleasing people switch off because they get they get that they're being marketed at so I love the side that like you've got to find ways to resonate with your audience you've got to find ways to not annoy them sort of thing so the reason I like it is because it's it's a challenging area to be in and you've just got to I mean you can never be ahead of Google (laughs) can Google even be ahead of themselves I don't know but yeah you've got to find ways to always be upping your game and yeah and it's just that sort of approach of finding what works working together yes can I say one more tiny thing of course you can say one more tiny thing and it's the point I thought you were going to say as well because I was just like how did I not say this and then also Sarah's going to say it yeah the joined up approach the joined up yes so and just to like literally mic drop moment (laughs) 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 so SEO obviously is just a cog in the wheel it's a very important big cog it's the best looking cog all that kind of stuff but if you use it alongside all the other aspects of digital marketing you've got one kick-ass campaign mic drop oh I need a mic drop sound (laughs) 100% I actually had a meeting yesterday with a client and I was sat in the meeting with about I don't know, there was about 16 of us. I was like, oh God, isn't this a bit too much? But there was one person from email. There was a person from influencer, social oh, wow. media, you name it. That awesome. every Someone from every single team was in there. And it meant that we was doing a collaborative approach. So I was presenting ideas and every single one of them was thinking how that could work for them. Oh, and nice. yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Ooh, ah. I love that. Awesome, cool. Well, we're on to now the feature element of our podcast where we do a little quiz. Oh, are we Are we excited? Well, <laughs> always excited, but Carrie, there is a forfeit, I believe. Yeah. So. Oh, God. <laughs> so it's only a short one. So what I'm going to do, so there's five different questions here. The concept of this one is all about words. I thought it would be quite, quite apt. Really challenging me there. You know I'm not good with words. <laughs> So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out three words and you've got to tell me the the word that they have in common. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. So, so for me, it could say, say I'm explaining myself. It could be SEO, mountains, black cats. Do you know what I mean? And it'd be like, oh, Hannah, that kind of thing. Oh, I see. Okay. But it's, got, it's going to be a lot I more generic. too hard. No, 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 not at all. And we, we'll just, yeah, we can cut them out <laughs> if they don't work. Okay, so. Um, so this is me going against, so me going against Carrie. Yeah, so you've got to be first to buzz in. So you've got to oh, say what it is. Okay. What is your buzzer noise, Carrie? Um, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, what's my buzzer noise? Buzz. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, you're going with that? I mean, you're just looking at me like, what was that noise? So, yes, that's my noise. Well, I did not even know what to say. So I was like, it's the first thing that came to my mind. I'm surprised no one went for the classic. 
<laughs> I am not going to be able to make that noise. <laughs> I was going to say, I, have, I can't do that. <laughs> Hannah is freakingly good at noises, impressions. It's it's Thanks. it's weirdly good, weirdly good. Thanks. You've never said that before. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, are we are we ready? I'm going to kick off. So number one, full beam walk. So what word can go with all of those? Full beam <laughs> and walk. Yeah. Full beam and walk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, okay, that one. I'm going to use that one as an example. <laughs> so just to clarify, is this general or related to digital marketing? No, no, it's completely general. Full oh, beam. Okay. So like f- full beam and walk. So say like it's a full moon, moon beam and moon walk. Ah. Oh. Yeah, that's probably the way I've explained it. Right. It's quite difficult. So c- moon can be related to all those words. Yeah. Okay. Do you get that, Carrie? I see. I get that. I get that. Right. That was hard. <laughs> that, was, that was hard. Hopefully the next one's easier. Okay. Um, okay. So we've got a something cup, waste something, and a something weight. Okay. So a, a, a something cup starts with P, waste something, and a something weight. Beginning with P? Yes. What are cups made out of? Like Beep. Oh, uh, polystyrene. No. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, something cup. Also, waste something. Waste? Like, like a waste something bin. <laughs> waste basket. Waste. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> this is, this is the hard. So, waste cup. And wait. To be fair, the old one's really old-fashioned. Like, you used to have them on your desk, but people never have them Oh, paper! Yes. Beep, buzz. Oh. I forgot my name, my, my buzzing noise. Paper. Well done. Yes, it is paper. <laughs> All I'm saying is a paper cup isn't, well... I know. Well, I've not made these up. I've got them offline. Okay. They're from pol- oh. polmontold.org.uk. Gosh, we are being put on the spot they here, Carrie. Really there's only five. I promise they'd probably get easier. Only five. Okay, we've got three more, Carrie. Okay. We've got this. Mm, okay, this begins with P. Yeah. <laughs> three letters. It's a jam P. It's P look. Or it's a P hole. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, three letters. Jam something. Something look. Or something hole. Beginning with P. Just focus on one of those words. <laughs> Yes, yes, it's Pops. Yes. Well done. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm happier than you. <laughs> right, we've got one each so far, Carrie. We're doing well. Woo-hoo. Okay, this word begins with C and it's seven letters. Oh, so God. It's a sea tower, a sea freak, or a remote sea. Control. Yes. Beep, buzz. <laughs> Sarah almost fell off a chair then with excitement. Because I'm not me, I'm really rubbish when it comes to like words and stuff. So, you know. So that's it. I'm just going around. When you say, oh, it begins with C, I'm just thinking every single word that begins as a clown circus. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Okay, last one, and then the pain is over. Hang on. Okay. So, you have to get this, Carrie, and then we're drawn. <laughs> We've drawn. Yeah. Drawn. 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 See, I'm bad with words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this, this, this word begins with S. It's five letters. Sarah. No. Damn it. <laughs> nice try. 
<laughs> it's a something insect, a walking Oh, something. stick. Yes. Oh. Well, a walking stick or a drumstick. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even let you finish your uh, fine. It's that the- was amazing. That was fast. <laughs> okay, Carrie, so a forfeit. Okay, it, this is... Tell us about an embarrassing communication you sent. It could be a text, a typo, oh, something you sent to the wrong person or just getting your words mixed up. Oh, God. <laughs> do you want me to give you an example? Because I always feel like it's hard to put a, like a guest on the spot. Do you want me to do one yeah. first? Well, there is one, but I don't know if it's a bit crazy for this. <laughs> Anything goes on S-E-O-S-E-S, you're fine. <laughs> Oh, um, oh God, this is a bit embarrassing. We, the reason that I've thought about it is because we were talking about it yesterday. Yeah, I might have accidentally sent my mum a message once when it come, when it was meant to have gone to my ex-boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> Which is a bit embarrassing. Yeah. I think we can all, our yes. imaginations can run wild there, can't they? Yeah. <laughs> One of my ex-boyfriends sent a text message to our home phone when a home phone was a thing. Oh, and then you oh. get, and my dad picked it up. So it read out the text message on the phone to my dad. And my dad was like, yeah, I think that was for you. <laughs> oh, in that awful, cringy, robotic yeah. tone as well. <laughs> Did you want to do one anyway, Sarah? Did you want? Oh, I feel like you want me to do one. Like those eyes there, Carrie was like, you can only say yes to this question. What have I done? You've got to have a good one. <laughs> I've got to have a good Come one. Come on, this is you. Well, I've pro- probably done the classic, like, messaging, like, the parents or the sister when it should have gone to a loved one. I can't think of the top of my head. I've got a really good one. What? From, that that so, I've so, done? So for me. Okay. So when I used to work, I used to try and arrange work experience for kids as one of my very first jobs. And um, I remember ringing up a law firm once because I'd got a complaint from a parent and the parent said that the kid was left outside in the cold and dark and they turned all the lights off and they'd gone home. And I don't know what made me say it, but when I rang him up and said, repeated what the woman had said, I said, you took all your clothes off and went home. <laughs> and I don't know why I told him he took all his clothes off. <laughs> but oh, he was dear. like, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite autocorrects is whenever you say f-u-c-k oh, and duck. and it goes duck so yeah. ducking hell oh for duck's sake yeah. that's always my yeah. favorite so awesome. yeah, i've sent plenty of kisses to clients before by accident in email <gasps> oh <laughs> yes i did i've done that so many times so uh, one of my clients on whatsapp i did the kiss wink emoji <laughs> And he was, and I don't know why I did it, but he, he replied back saying, I hope you don't talk to all your clients like this. Oh my God. And I'm like, no, you're the special one. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. Oh, and I think I've um, I said, let us down. I think I've said love you as well. <laughs> oh, and called your parent dad and, or oh, mum. Yeah, kind of or thing. called the oh, boss mum. Yeah, yeah. The boss mum, my boss is a dad, so that's... <laughs> There's a dad. What am I on about? You just go, Dad. I mean, um, Steve. Steve. <laughs> I mean, who's done the classic calling an ex? No, calling a well, calling a loved one an ex name. No. Oh yeah, God. I've done that. <laughs> oh, Gary, no. <laughs> I know. Well, it was actually at the time it was just somebody that I was seeing for like a, I saw him for like a week, like dating, and I I think I said something like I don't know, say if I was like asking them to pass me something i was like harry and i was like oh i mean oh <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> see um so 
Uh, it's happened to me. So, so uh, I'm with Kirsty, and her auntie called me Conchita. Oh, no. And that's it. And Conchita and Sarah, very different names. Very, Come very on. Different. And oh. she just kept calling me Conchita. Wow. And it was the time where we couldn't really say, I don't know why I didn't say something, <laughs> but she said it about five times. And in the car on the way home, Kirst was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. I mean, but Conchita and Sarah. No. I mean, yeah, nothing there. Do you know, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I A bit know. hard. <laughs> I think we better wrap up on that note. Oh, I don't. I don't want to carry on though. <laughs> but yes, all of our stories. <laughs> I know. Well, but, oh, um, before we wrap up, then Carrie, if people want to get hold of you, how can they get hold of you? Twitter, I'm all over it. So Carrie Rose PR. To be honest, I'm Carrie Rose PR in everything. So awesome. even Instagram. Um, Consistency. So Twitter, yeah. Or Carrie Rose on LinkedIn. Um, but you can drop me an email. So it's just carry.rose at rise at seven.com so i'm happy to answer any questions and help people out anyway as long as i've got the time um i'm getting very busy at the minute <laughs> but now i always like to help people out and um, so yeah even if people have got questions about link building or content in general um yeah thank awesome. you and yes and we've loved having you on our podcast yeah it has been amazing really enjoyed it Aww. so yes I- we should probably say how to get in contact with us yes you can email us hello at seosaspodcast.com and we can tweet you can twitter us tweet us yeah (laughs) at seo underscore sas sas i'm on twitter sarah mcduck and linkedin yep carrier pigeon carrier pigeon morse code morse code yep all, all the foghorn i I particularly like the foghorn foghorn do a noise of a foghorn and then we'll finish Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell you, Carrie? Amazing at noises. Amazing. Okay. I love that. <laughs> Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Bye. <laughs>